Sorry, just getting ready for Victory Monday. Coming soon! Welcome to Lombardi Time Brews. I am your host, John Delray. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Today is a little bit different. I've got an autograph signing coming up that I want to tell you about. We got a little bit of a practice update, and then I'm also answering listener questions for the first time. And of course, these listener questions, as I've been talking about, go right into our first ever giveaway for Lombardi Time Brews. That's right, I've got the cup with the names in it right here, and I'm gonna shake it up later and reveal who won our first giveaway. Again, these are from people who over the last couple of days have sent in questions over Twitter, they've retweeted, they followed all the rules like good people do. I will get to who those people are um, and reveal for you who the winner of the giveaway is. Just one quick reminder about that giveaway. First of all, it is a Willie Davis signed 8x10. Yeah, look at that, beautiful. And then we also have an AJ Dillon rookie select card, a Leroy Butler autograph card, and a James Lofton autograph card. All of that will be going to one lucky listener later today, uh, someone who submitted a question through Twitter. So thank you to all of you who submitted questions for our first ever mailbag. I'm really excited to dive into these. We got some excellent questions that I am excited to talk about and discuss with you. So before we get to all of that, one quick thing, hit like, hit share, hit subscribe, all of the usual stuff I say every day. Follow me on Twitter, that's at John Delray, at symbol, J-O-N-D-E-L-R-A-Y. Smash all the buttons, just your daily reminder to subscribe to the YouTube channel or the audio podcast wherever you listen to this podcast. As we dive in, one quick autograph announcement to tell you about too. On Monday, September 12th, otherwise known as the first Victory Monday of the season, that's Monday, September 12th, Eric Stokes is going to be at the Woodman's in Green Bay. So if you happen to live in the Green Bay area, Eric Stokes will be at the Woodsman's, the grocery store, from 3.30 until 5. Uh, it's free autographs and photos with a qualifying purchase of Brutus Bone Broth. Can't say I've ever had it myself, but if you go there and you purchase a bone broth item by the company Brutus, you then can get an Eric Stokes autograph and photo. He will be in the store for those 90 minutes. So if you're in the Green Bay area, you can head out on Monday, Victory Monday, and go meet one of the Packers' rising defensive stars. So diving into these questions, uh, we have a bunch of questions. I'm excited to dive in. Really some great ones that... I'm really looking forward to talking about. So, number one comes from the Twitter handle Wisco Fanatics. Uh, Wisco Fanatics, I've actually 
they do um, a YouTube video uh, every Wednesday. I've been able to check it out a couple times. Seems some, like some really cool dudes, so thanks guys for submitting a question. And that question is, which player on defense are you most excited to watch for the Packers this year? Uh, for me, that's super easy. Rashawn Gary. Uh, dude is my favorite player on the current team. I love everything about his work ethic, how he has presented himself as a Green Bay Packer. And now to see the ability match the potential, I think is going to be an incredibly exciting year. I think he's in for huge things. Uh, I'm going to throw out an honorable mention here as well. First round pick Quay Walker. Not from the standpoint of he's going to live up to his potential yet or anything like that, but I think Quay Walker is going to introduce new wrinkles to this defense. It's going to allow for potentially less dime looks, even maybe less nickel, depending on how Barry decides to really break this all out. I do think Quay Walker, his sideline to sideline speed, his coverage ability, things that we have not seen at inside linebacker, especially the number two inside linebacker spot for a very long time, I think is going to change how Joe Barry is able to call a game. And I think Quay Walker's impact, even as a rookie, is going to be significant on the philosophy of the defense. So Rashawn Gary from the few pure just flash type plays. I want to see his power, his strength. Quay Walker from the defensive philosophical side uh, that will change how this defense plays. So number two comes from Twitter follower Matt Barks, uh, who actually happens to live in New Zealand. I've really enjoyed talking to Matt a couple times over Twitter. Uh, so here's his question. He actually submitted two, and I'm going to get to both of them. I think both of them are very worthwhile questions. But question one. Health of starters is paramount, but then so are reps. How confident do we feel with starters pl playing basically no snaps in the preseason to avoid injury? but balancing the fact that they are expected to just show up in week one and deliver? Or are they just that good? So Matt here is basically asking, Packers didn't really play starters in preseason. So how do we know that they're going to show up in week one essentially ready to go, right? Not necessarily well-practiced. Of course they're well-practiced, but... How do you know after not taking hits, after not live tackling, after all of this, that you could just show up and do it? And your last question there, Matt, is are they just that good? On some level, yeah. I mean, these guys have been tackling, have been hitting at an all-world level for the vast majority of their lives by this point. Um, so that is a certain part of it that that motor memory is just expected to kick in they uh the starters did practice a ton in training camp not necessarily with tackling a lot but things like timing routes coordination of the offensive line um not necessarily hitting but coordination of such all have been dramatically rehearsed practiced given time to the best prep that they had was realistically those uh, inter-team scrimmages against the Saints as they were leading up to preseason game number two. That's probably the most realistic in terms of live game action that the starters have seen. Um, 
a number of the starters even talked about how beneficial that was for them. So it really is a balancing act. And Lafleur very admittedly has struggled with this as well. Lafleur even said leading up to the Chiefs preseason game um, that this is something they consider. He was very coy up until the game about who was going to play versus who wasn't. Um, you know, we know Aaron Rodgers doesn't feel as though it's necessary at all, but he's Aaron freaking Rodgers. So I think on some level, this is a new school way of doing things. Um, Lombardi would would never do this, <laughs> but I think that this is a new school way of doing things where these guys can go through practice and then show up in game one. If a lot of the concern is game one last year where they absolutely got thumped by the Saints, well, Lafleur talked this week about how it wasn't necessarily a lack of tackling, lack of contact, lack of snaps that led to the week one debacle. In a lot of ways, the Packers were just freaking gassed. It was a matter of their conditioning, especially playing in the heat that they did in week one last year. So to put an emphasis on that, Lafleur in camp this year emphasized running. Uh, a few of the veterans have said that they have never run in a training camp as much as they did this year. And so Lafleur is putting that into place to hopefully counteract the lack of actual game snaps. Whether that works or not, we don't know. Um, whether that works or not, Lafleur doesn't know. This is one of those things that no one knows, but NFL teams are trying to do their best. There is data out there that shows that, in fact, not playing your starters in preseason winds up being beneficial in the long term because of the risk of losing somebody. And even if the starters were to play, you're looking at what? Maybe one series? Maybe two? So... When you weigh all of these things, the Packers, like most teams, are quickly doing each year. There's more teams doing this, not playing the starters. I can't really blame them. It hasn't completely crushed them yet, if they're right about week one, which we'll find out Sunday. The thing, honestly, that I worry about most is actually tackling. Um, now, the Packers last year tackled better than I've seen a Packers team in my entire life, uh, bar maybe the mid-90s. Um, but it just it it feels illogical to think that these guys who need to tackle for a living can just not do it for months on end and then all of a sudden just do it, right? It seems counterintuitive, but we got to trust the teams who have way more data and way more resources than we do. So uh, number three, an overseas Packer fan question again from Matt Barks. If Green Bay tickets are basically all season passes, and are passed to people in their wills. How on earth can anyone ever get a ticket if they just show up one week? Yeah, no, as a Packer fan who only lives an hour away, it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> um, I will say, though, that you, you, the secondary market is your best bet. Yes, all tickets at Lambeau are season tickets. Yes, those season tickets can be handed down in your family. Insider tip, though, if you're looking for much quicker season tickets than being on the 59-year waiting list or whatever it is right now, you can sign up to be on the waiting list for club-level seats. Club-level seats are an entirely different list than bowl seats, and I have been told that the list for that is under 10 years. So if you've got the money and you want to sit club-level, you of course could sign up for that and have a shorter wait to actually get your tickets. 
Um, other than that, though, uh, secondary market is your friend. StubHub, Ticket King, Ticketmaster, uh, SeatGeek, uh, all of the secondary market ticket vendors. Basically, these are people who have the tickets, who post their tickets. Think of it almost like, uh, well, I don't know. It's it's like a buy it now on eBay. Basically, it's not an auction, but I can say I own these tickets through StubHub. I am going to post them for sale. And then someone else can purchase, show up, and, and go to the game. Uh, I have also been told that getting tickets is, especially for mediocre to bad teams that are traveling to Lambo. it's easier to do it the closer you get to the game. It's also going to be the cheapest you closer to get to the game. Now, it's not guaranteed, and it is a risk. But I have heard from several people that you can get tickets basically at face value the morning of the game. Yeah, it's a risk. I know. But... That might be your best bet. Um, other than that, the Packers do release standing room only tickets. I just saw an announcement earlier today that they announced which game standing room is currently open for. Uh, so that's an option for people to, again, you got to buy it in advance, but it's an option. And then two, generally a week or two before the games actually go on, you may see releases from the Packers of, let's say, extra tickets. Each visiting team gets an allotment of tickets to sit in uh, Lambo. This is for players, families, uh, etc. A number of them always go unclaimed. So whatever is unclaimed, the Packers then post for sale through their actual ticket office. They always go quickly. Um, they are sold at regular face value. But it's an option. So again, you're looking at the secondary market. You're looking at standing room only or you're looking at those ticket releases that the Packers may do. Um, but those are really the best bets. So that's about it. Um, you did ask too about how is it for the Packers versus other teams. Uh, frankly, a lot of other teams don't deal with this. You can just show up, just walk up to the ticket stand and buy a ticket. That would be nice. Uh, but, you know, I know a team like the Broncos, who also has this... Uh, predominantly season ticket owned stadium. They just implemented a couple years ago that they were going to be monitoring their seats and any seats that were pretty much exclusively put up on the secondary market, they were going to revoke those season seats from the pass holder. They wanted people to hold their season tickets who were actually going to come to the game, not just hold season tickets that they could sell. So, I know I heard a rumor that like Green Bay was looking at that. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I don't think that that gained any traction whatsoever. But in asking about other teams, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that Denver did implement that or at least severely explored that a couple years ago. The vast majority of other teams just don't deal with this. You can just walk up and buy a ticket. So, yeah, uh, moving on to the next question. I absolutely love this question. This question comes from a very good friend of mine, Jim Graniker, who actually is going to be a contributor on the show soon. So Jim's not eligible for the giveaway. Sorry, Jim, I didn't tell you that when you gave me a question. But uh, this is a fantastic question and one that I wanted to take a minute to explore. What modern era player within 20 years do you think would have fit in on a Lombardi era team? Work ethic, heart, character, Lombardi time, etc. Damn, that's a good question. 
You know, and I had to think a lot about this one, and ultimately there's a few. And each one kind of has their own reasoning. Rashawn Gary for the absolute work ethic. Totally. I mean, let's keep in mind, too, that any of the modern Packers would be able to play back then because they're so much more physical. Players are bigger now, stronger, faster. And a lot of that has to do with the tech that we have, the performance regimen. These guys aren't selling cars or insurance in the offseason. Like, even in Lombardi years, a lot of guys did. But Rashawn Gary is just a worker. Like, we've heard the stories from former outside linebacker coach Mike Smith about Rashawn Gary messaging him at 1130 at night about certain coverages and pass rush techniques. You know, we've heard about Rashawn reaching out to other players while they're in the movie theater. <laughs> Stuff like this. His work ethic is pretty well unparalleled on the team. Earlier this season, showing up for a minicamp that he did not have to be at. We see him in training camp leading drills for the other outside linebacker, even as a relatively young guy. His work ethic is unmatched, and I do think he would fit incredibly well on a Lombardi team in that way. Next player, Aaron Jones. You know, talk about character and versatility. You know, we know back then players were expected to do a lot more in that some of them played multiple positions. You know, uh, a fullback like Jim Taylor was basically just a running back. Yes, Jim Taylor blocked, but he also had to run quite a bit. Or how about um, Jerry Kramer being a kicker? Paul Hornick being a kicker? <laughs> like Players are just expected to do more components of the football game rather than just do one highly specialized position. Aaron Jones I bring up because of his pure versatility as both a running back and as a receiver. In the past, we have seen Aaron Jones actually split out wide and take wide receiver snaps, something I think is going to be a wrinkle in this year's offense pretty frequently. So his versatility gets him on the team. Number three, Charles Woodson. You want to talk about elegance, grace on the football field, professionalism. Charles Woodson. To me... The character that he exudes, the leadership, would have fit in perfectly with the Lombardi team. Tremont Williams. A willingness to speak to the media, to be open, to be transparent, to be honest. And then his drive to succeed in the NFL. Tremont Williams is one of the best Packers success stories of the last 20 years. I talk about speaking to the media because he won several awards throughout his playing days given to him by the reporters for being the most open player. I believe they call it the Tom Mulhern Award. That's a big deal. Something that even though Lombardi wasn't always the most forthcoming with the media, he did have leaders on the team who were. And Tremont Williams could absolutely be that guy. Another guy of very high character, very high class. And then I have two that I put in for the same rationale. My final two, I guess honorable mentions, if you will, but Mercedes Lewis and Alan Lazard. Both guys who are just willing to do whatever it takes. Mercedes Lewis, since he's come to Green Bay, has made no bones about it. He is here to be a blocking tight end who occasionally gets thrown the ball. Alan Lazard going to the coaches last year and saying, put me on special teams. Basically saying, I'm tired of them sucking, let me do it. And Alan Lazard, too, being one of the best run-blocking wide receivers in the league. Willing to do the stuff that doesn't show up in a box score that still can lead to your team's success. Buying into the overall 
mission of the team. So Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard, I think absolutely would do as well. So again, Rashawn Gary, Aaron Jones, Charles Woodson, Trevon Williams, Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard. I feel very comfortable that every one of them would be an excellent player, both in terms of culture, scheme, and fit in the Lombardi era teams. Question five comes from a listener named SpyCoffee456, who I know checks it out on YouTube. He said, who do you think will be Aaron's number one at season's end? And I got to go here with what, with what is fairly obvious, Alan Lazard. Uh, in the six career games that Devontae Adams did not play, but Alan Lazard did, uh, he had 19 catches on only 23 targets, 302 yards, two touchdowns. Slightly underwhelming on the whole numbers, but they'd come earlier in Lazard's career. The last game that Lazard played without Adams came on September 27, 2020. And in that game, Lazard had six catches for 146 yards and a touchdown. Now, that's a hell of a game. But ultimately, I think what we're going to see here, and I think this question is really trending towards, what about the rookie receivers? You know, is Lazard one now? And then by the end of the year, are we going to see Dobbs or Sammy Watkins or Christian Watson? Is it going to be someone new to the team or the rookies? Or is it going to stay Lazard? I think it's going to stay Lazard because he's going to be the consistent presence. We know that he is the one that Aaron trusts most to throw the ball to. So I think he's going to be that consistent guy. Who does Aaron turn to when he needs a play like Devontae used to be? Like Cobb is to a certain degree. And then those rookies, the rookies especially, Romeo Dobbs, Christian, uh, we're going to see them be the shot plays, like Jordy was young in his career, or MVS was, and then they kept on trying to make MVS more, and it just never came fully into fruition. But I think what we're going to see is that the trust on those shot plays may grow, and that we may see more of them throughout the course of the season. But still, standing there as your de facto number one, Mr. Reliable, Mr. Consistent, will be Al Lazard. And then my dad had two questions. And, and, and frankly, uh, when, when your dad asks you to answer questions, y you do it regardless of anything else. So, uh, dad, he's also not in the giveaway. Don't worry. Sorry, dad. Um, but he had two questions. Question one, uh, why do we never have a fast returner? And the truth is because decision-making, vision, they're the things that are significantly more important when it comes to being a returner. You know, Amari Rogers is basically going to take on some kind of jet gadget running back thing in addition to being a slot receiver. We know that he's built a little stockier in the legs. Vision, decision-making. Now, last year at times, Amari Rogers did not have exceptional decision-making. We have seen throughout the course of the preseason, and according to Coach Ritz Bisaccia, that Amari Rogers has gotten better in that way. Keep in mind, too, that we did have Kylan Hill be the kick returner last year up until his ACL injury. It'll be interesting when Hill is back to see if he can unseat Amari and take the kick returning job back. But ultimately, why do we not have a fast one? Because decision making and vision are more important than absolute speed. If speed were the biggest requirement, we would have had MVS back there over the last couple of years. But that's not what he does. He doesn't turn on a dime and then sprint. MVS is just pure straight line speed. Now, it is very interesting to me that Romeo Dobbs is still listed on the depth chart, um, specifically at punt returner. He's listed as the number three punt returner. 
I am interested to see as he develops if this could be a potential role for him. He has a little bit more speed than Cobb or Rodgers. Um, but as of right now, number three on the depth chart. We'll see. Then the last question, will our special teams improve this year? God willing, right? I don't know. We know they've invested in it. We know they have paid up for Coach Rich Bisaccia to come in and fix it. Ultimately, though, here's what I think we're going to see right away. In terms of punting, overall, punting may go down a step. Now, punting from September to Thanksgiving will go down. Punting in December will be better than it's been. Corey Bohorquez, J.K. Scott, both of them, like, just their ability to punt just fell off once it got cold outside. Pat O'Donnell, being an experienced punter in Chicago, we see from his advanced stats, that's not the case. He stays consistent no matter the weather. So I think what we're going to see is we won't see that drop off this year as the weather gets cold. Very excited for that. Now on field goals, is that going to get better? If the Packers are right, yes. If their attribution that the whole thing is on the operation between the long snapper, holder, and mason, if the long snapper and holder are the ones who messed it up, then yes, we will be better. Because O'Donnell is a superior holder. Hopefully Jack Coco, who beat out Steven Wordle for the long snapping job, is better at it too. We know he never had an errant snap in college when doing field goals. So here's hoping that field goals are better too. Uh, coverage, kickoff coverage, punt coverage, I don't know. I don't know. You would think so, right? Or else what was the point in putting an emphasis on it? The preseason didn't exactly raise hopes that high. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. No one knows right now. We're just hoping. And then the last thing, returning. Will returning be better? Yeah, I think it will. They've talked quite a bit about how Amari Rogers has improved as a returner. Uh, he's making better decisions. He's seeing things better. Um, will it be amazing? Is this Devin Hester back there? No, absolutely not. Will it be steady to not screw it up? Yeah, that I think we can see. That I think is well within the realm of possibility. So, that's it for that. Now, moving on to the giveaway. Uh, I have all of these submissions here. Some of you, um, actually, I'm just going to say it. What I did was uh, all of these slips to fill up the jar more. I wrote everyone in here multiple times, an equal number of times, but everyone is in here multiple times, so that I can reach in and just take one... And whoever that winner is, I'm going to be DMing on Twitter, getting some address details, and then sending the giveaway to. So let's see who it is. I'm reaching in now. I'm going farther down. Yep, got to keep it on camera. No fun business going on here. Just me and my shareholder mug and sticking my hand in it. All right, I've got... Oh, nope, that's several of them. All right, here we go. I have one. One. All right, this is the one. This is the lucky winner. And it is Wisco Fanatic. Sorry. Uh, if you're on the audio podcast, you can't see this. But if you're on YouTube, yep, that's my terrible handwriting in reverse. But it does say Wisco Fanatic. So congratulations, guys. I'll be DMing you on Twitter with details about how we can meet up or how I can send to you the giveaway prizes. So thanks, everyone, for checking out the episode today. That's it for Lombardi Time Brews. I will be back a little bit earlier tomorrow. I got a doctor's appointment in the afternoon, so I'm going to be dropping tomorrow's video a little bit earlier as we look ahead to week one 
against the Minnesota Vikings. So uh, thanks for checking out today's video. You go have yourself a great day.